When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Albert Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. This is the uh, end of year Houston Dynapod season wrap up edition. I think it's what is it? I think the last one was 2021. This is 2022. We were just talking. Uh, Joey Stats is here. OSG is here. And Colin from Keeping Tabs is here. And uh, Colin asked Joey if Mike Chabala or, or Joey told Colin him and Mike Chabala were related. And Joey admitted that he didn't even know his cousin had been on the show. Joey, what the fuck? Yeah. When was this? Oh, my God. Uh, it was the last season? Dude, it was like May, no. April. It was this yeah. season. Yep. Yeah. I can vouch for that. Shit. Yeah, because like he, he hit me up to meet him in May and June, and I never did. So, but did you hear the episode where I talked we, about like running into him at the game? Yeah, I was on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to that episode actually. Yeah, that was uh, I was uncomfortable. Didn't you didn't you take your son to meet him or something? Well, yeah, and then I was then I was like, no, I don't want to. And my son was like, Dad, let's meet him now. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah, I didn't want to at that point, but then uh, I did. That's the night we got a. Uh, Fucking our car got broken into too. Has your son never like heard your podcast? Before? Absolutely not. Well, he's heard like snippets, but not the bad ones. So like he's not heard much because it's mostly inappropriate. Yeah. So here we fucking are. We uh we didn't finish in last place. We did we improve, Colin? Did, did Season summary. Did we improve? Did we get better? I know you were bipolar for most of the season, up and down, positive, negative. Like, what are you feeling about this season? What was this season to you? Well, it kind of started out like every other Dynamo season. We usually start off strong. And then, you know, the highs are really like minimal and then the lows are really low. And that's kind of how it went throughout the season. I mean, when, you know, a good stretch of Dynamo games is like a tie win and a tie three game unbeaten stretch. And then a bad stretch is like, five losses with maybe a tie like in there and we just fell so so low like to the point where we just couldn't get back up and overall like I think the team did look better if you want an honest opinion but like how much does that really matter when we only finished one place above last year in 13th I mean 
If you want my honest opinion, I think finishing eighth place and finishing 13th or 14th place is pretty much the same thing. No playoffs, no playoffs. I mean, I don't want to go to next season and then finish eighth and then say, you know, have a celebration because we, you know, almost made playoffs. Like, it's the same thing if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Joey, what about you? What are you feeling about uh, this season? I mean, it's definitely an improvement. I mean, better record, six-point difference. And I think we definitely identified some more players that could be good for us moving forward. We identified players who definitely shouldn't move forward. And we got past a coach that didn't work. So now Pat, I think Pat knows that he's got to change it up next year and bring in a different type of coach. People right now are wondering, why does Joey's stat sound so different? He got a new mic, guys. This is a voice that I've never heard before. This is a much clearer, much, much crisper voice. Uh, Sexy. It's fucking sultry. I like it. Like, I'm going to dream of your voice tonight when I'm underneath my girlfriend. OSG, what about you, man? How was the season for you? I know it was busy as fuck, all the stuff you've been up to. Dude, super, super busy. But, man, considering considering what we're, what we're coming out of and who put us in that place, I, I, I'm happy with – I'm not happy. I'm okay with how the season went and see the – see the basic improvements and what we need to improve. So you know, we got a good off season to work hard towards it and, and get us to where we need to be, but I'm okay with the season. It's still disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I think I'm a, I view it as a lost season. Like we have an owner who is definitely investing in the club and because of missteps by the general manager, we are now just barely, you know, we're above where we were last year. Colin, what do you got? One thing I can say wholeheartedly is that our away games have looked 100% better through and through, even with Nagamore at the helm. I, I know that uh, Bundy won away at Nashville, but four wins, away wins this season. I mean, I think I don't know the exact stats. I'm sure Joey's got the stat, but uh, basically we have not won four away games uh, in a season in a long, long time. And I think that's one thing that's been majorly improved. I still don't think we have an identity. I still don't think we know how we want to play. And I still don't think our core players on the team figured out the best way to play yet. And I I don't think that the players we have are being utilized in their best positions still, but that can all be worked out on the off season. Yeah, absolutely, man. You missed the, uh, see Colin raised his hand in zoom. And when we logged in earlier, OSG was trying to figure out how to get the chat up. And then he inadvertently was also raising his hand. It was fucking hilarious. That was, I love listening to people figure out tech and Joey's trying to walk them through how to do it, man. You good over there? Make fun of me. I'm good. Old soccer guys is good. (laughs) I mean, you're not even that old. Imagine like if it was like our parents trying to figure this out, like looking through down through their glasses, like they're on the bridge of their nose and they're looking down through the bottom because they can't see. It's what do I hit? What do I hit? Do that shit with my mom all the time. Guys, I don't know if you noticed. But um, gracing us with his presence, filling the room with his aura, is Rudy Segura from Dynamo Theory. Rudy, what Woo! is going on, dude? What's up, guys? Just like to happy to be here with uh, Houston Dynamo royalty up in the house up in here. Yo, uh, what's royalty? Your... I like that. I mean, who's the royalty? It's got to be Colin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, maybe. We were worried Colin got so high he couldn't figure out what his laptop was. Uh, it's 
Pretty incredible. Yeah, I apologize for being a little late. I had some people at the house that I did couldn't kick out soon enough, my guys. Do you have family over again? Actually, I had uh, friends that live like in downtown that came out here too, to the beautiful city of Alvin. Uh, and they just, we, we hanged out with them for a little bit. For a tour of your beautiful home. Your home is gorgeous. <laughs> Fuck. Brody, what was the season to you, man? Sum it up for us. Uh, the, to me, the season, if, you know, looking back at kind of my statements before the season started was right on, I guess. I mean, we did end up in 13th place and I thought they were going to finish in 10th place. So maybe even though playoffs for me was not going to happen, maybe, yeah, still disappointed, obviously. So that's kind of how it goes. I agree, man. We're all, I guess we're all a little down, but uh, I guess the biggest news that we've gotten recently that we've been privy to is that Coco Karaski is going to be our third designated player next season. That makes, what is it, Ache Ache, Zebus? What happened with Teenage? Is it changed? Does anybody know? Is Teenage still DP? No, uh, he's no. Not our, our three no. DPs, it's Sebus, HH, and Coco. Coco. Okay. So uh, Coco as a designated player. I mean, we go from a defender as a DP to a good midfielder is now our dp which i don't i don't think he's worthy of the designated player designation and i know there's a reason for it some way to keep him around just for a season and then transfer him over but uh osg what do you what's your feelings on making coco a dp whether we you know to keep him or not i, I didn't like it but i, I think uh might have even been calling him said this on his show and so he was uh, one of the top midfielders in the league when you make him the dp he now is one of the bottom tier in the midfield as, as a dp but uh i don't i don't know and I, I just hope this doesn't interfere with our, our building our roster uh, for the next season and and maybe there is a plan that we just don't know about coco will leave mid-season and we'll get our dp back i, I don't I, I did not like it i was totally surprised by it yeah i saw i saw um Rudy and uh, Dustin did a thing where they ranked percentages of people staying versus going, right? What was what would you have Coco at? 1%, Rudy? Yeah, I think 1% sounds pretty much right with him being. I mean, we've had Onstat, you know, interview with Glenn and mentioned the fact that they're really trying to build a team around Ache Ache and Coco. So you, you really don't see him going anywhere. Uh, being a DP, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because I think a lot of us were kind of hyped that we were going to have another DP slot that we, you know, we could throw in a young or not a young, but at least a good attacking piece, uh, up to help the, uh, the attacking that we lack. But so yeah, having Coco as the DP and basically not having a DP, we really are going to see what, uh, Hansek can do, man. So, you know, I expect some some kind of allocation money to be thrown around, whether it be Tam, Gam, or Mamala Jam, you know, throw something out there. That that monopoly money they use in a MLS, you magically can just make more. They're like the uh like the United States mint. Uh Joey, you've been you've been high on Coco all year, haven't you? Yeah, I love Coco. What uh what about you, man? Where do you stand with this designated player thing? Uh, he's definitely not in that tier of players to be a DP, but I think the plan makes sense. 
because he's not a DP salary wise. He's on 460K for his salary. That's not DP money. That's not even TAM money. It's because of his transfer fee, big transfer fee we paid. So I think it makes sense to not want to waste the TAM to bring him down to a, to a TAM player and not a DP when there's a possibility that we could be selling him mid season. So I think the plan makes sense. And if that's what is, what's going to happen, I think that's good GMing from Pat, but if he's going to stay all season as a DP, I'm not too sure about that. Cause I don't think he is that caliber of player, but if he keeps up what he was doing towards the end of the season, he might just be that good enough to be that DP caliber player. So we'll see. You know, I think a lot of times we associate designated player with guys that can score and we now have two who primarily do not score. But Colin, I, I think I've seen you post something. You were were you not pretty fucking fired up when this happened on Twitter? I remember you you were pretty loud about hating it, weren't you? Okay. Well, first off, let me just get this off my chest. I don't think that Coco is a DP material player. And I'm gonna rate him as a DP. And rating him as a DP, he's not very high. Like he doesn't have I don't have that high regards for him. And I don't think it's Pat Onstead's fault. I don't know how it all worked. We don't know how it worked. We don't know. But I'm assuming it was Matt Jordan who made the contract, you know, saying, if we signed you, blah, 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 you're going to become a DP. And I'm sure that's what happened. And I don't blame Pat. And I think he made the right choice. Is, I mean, Coco is what he is. Like, I think as bad as our team is, I think he's the, the best player on our team. Like, objectively, Ache Ache is the most talented, but – in terms of who's the best player, I think it's Coco. And, you know, usually your best player is your DP, but we're consistently a last-place fishing team. So saying a player on our team is the best player is not really saying that much. I don't think he should be DP, and I'm going to rate him as a DP because that's what he is. And, you know, OSV brought up what I said in my podcast. I did say that, like, as a TAM player, as a player not on a DP, like, I think he's one of the best center mids in MLS. Like, I really do, but – as a DP, I think he's one of the lower ends of the DP in, in MLS. Yeah, OSG says, can he score for us? Uh, he looks hesitant. He didn't look really, really ready to pull the trigger. Trigger, Jesus Christ. That's not the audio. That's me stuttering. That's the weed. Uh, yeah, he can, but I, he, he's been hesitant, I think. What about y'all? Like, I don't view him as a scoring midfielder. Does anybody? He's not here to score, really. And he scored two goals. His one against Austin was phenomenal, but it's it's not yeah. his game. That's not what his job is here for. But you see, you see him pushing up and trying to get get in that that area to try to score. And maybe he's just making up ground because you know, somebody else is not there. But the reason I ask can he score because it's going to make a difference who our third midfielder is going to be coming into next season. Are we looking for a six? Or are we looking for a ten? Are we looking for the attacking. I piece? think a six. So, Really? So see, yeah. I, so I've heard I've heard both ends. So if we go for six, Hector Herrera and Coco are in front. I don't see them as scorers. So now no. we have to rely on those wingers that are coming in and Sebastian to pick it up even more. So <laughs> that's a, huge. The thing is, is that Pat Onstad is on record with Glenn Davis saying that he is actually content with our midfield. You know, being. Achi Achi and Coco as a dual eights and then having a six. You know, I don't think he sounded too sold on Vera, but I honestly would not be surprised at all to see starting lineup on on, on day one of being Vera, Coco, and Achi Achi. What do y'all think? I think after Vera's decline this year, you have to move on to a name. Like someone who when you – like a Chara. Not the Charas, but when you say the name, you go, shit, that is a quality six. Like somebody of that level. Darlington Nagby. Sure. 
I don't see him. Darlington Nagby as a lone six, though. I just said sure because I don't know who the fuck he is. I know he played for Columbus, didn't he? He oh, he's a beast. He's one of the best like midfielders on ball in the whole league ever. Wanyama's leaving uh, Montreal. I'd take him for a season. You know why? But he's a DP, isn't he? Oh shit! I don't think he's worth DP money anymore. He didn't do too well this year. Is DP a question if you have LA style contracts? It's true. Well, you know, you guys keep mentioning DP, and I do too. But just looking at the, you know, we played Galaxy the last game of the season, and all those three guys that came in, came in, you know, whether it be the Ricky, Ricky, eight year old Ricky Pui, and uh, you have <laughs> Gaston Bregman and Martin Casares, all those guys are you know, have been elite players with some of the biggest teams out there. Maybe not Gaston necessarily, but the other two guys were, went through the Barcelona ranks and they came into the galaxy and they're not designated players, if if I'm not mistaken. So Jokovic, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Jokovic so it can be done. Player, and he's scored so many goals just coming off the bench for LA Galaxy. Oh, and yeah, you, and okay. obviously, like, we don't have the pool, like, of LA being like a, a luxury city like that, but – you know, this is like an outlier, of course, but a player like Chiellini or Bell, like they're not DPs. And obviously that's a huge outlier, but it can be done. I mean, it's not impossible. Well, Ted Siegel doesn't have Will Ferrell money. And, and well, and to add, I mean, but now you have Acha Acha, you know, for whatever that means. I mean, he, he should be able to attract better quality players to a team. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Acha Acha, a lot of people questioned his commitment to the club, his work ethic, his performances. And they took into account our record when he played versus our record when he didn't. And our record when he didn't was surprisingly better. Um, I think this season for Mache Ache was a huge disappointment, minus the bump in notoriety and attendance. Uh, so I would rate like, like for Ache Ache, he was not what we thought he would be. Joey, what were your thoughts on Hector this season, man? Oh, he was definitely disappointing. If if I really think what's going on, I think he was just coasting to get into the World Cup. Then next season, we'll see the real Hector Herrera. That's what I think we'll see. Agree. I think he'll have a more defined role, and he'll start building that partnership with Coco that he didn't really get much time to build. You know, like He only started six games this year. That's not really a lot. I mean, we only did win one of them, which is poor but it's just not a big sample size to really get a taste of what he could do for this club. Yeah. We need to see a little continuity from him, a little consistency. Colin, what about you, man? How did you feel about old Hector Zorro? As, as big as a name as Hector is, and as big as a player as he is, you know, coming from Atletico Madrid, I think we put too much on him. I think we put too much of a, like, I think we asked too much of him. It's stuff that he's not good at, stuff that he's not really there to do. He's like a connector of passes. He's there to mold the midfield together. He's not going to be the one getting the assists generally or ever really getting the goal, but he's the one that creates those opportunities. And I think we were asking to be pushed up too far up the field, in my honest opinion. I think he's definitely more defensive-minded. Uh, you know, he's an eight, but more defensive-minded than Coco. And I just think the reason as to why he was being so, like, why he looks so bad is because he was being misused. And, you know, maybe a good part of it was Nagamura as well. I mean, Nagamura was not a good coach and maybe tactically that was why he didn't have a good season, but yeah, he had a very poor season. Yeah, man. I had something I was going to say and I forgot because my alarm went off and distracted me. Uh, 
Rudy, what about you, man? How was the, the Hector bump for us this year, man? I mean, I think to, uh, you know, add a little bit of what Colin was saying or jump on the rest of it was uh, we were stretching Achiacha way too much. I think we, it was very noticeable to see him playing way too out on the wing or, you know, just basically they were trying to let him roam around. But at the end of the day, you know, he was still nursing that injury that kept him out of um, Atletico Madrid and playing in the bench, you know, often before he left. And then it just kind of came back because of all the extra that he was doing. I mean, you there's pictures of him, you know, doing like karate type of moves, just trying to bring a ball down that, you know, if you're a, a number eight, you never see like chavi or you know and think of whatever you know number six you've seen around the world that's the move that they never go out and do so Ache Ache, once the team was um eliminated from the playoffs and it just you know you obviously lose your coach and all the all the bad things that happened in september it was just for hector Herrera to try to try to stay healthy for the world cup and even you know, he got called up to the Mexican national team and he didn't even play for the same reason. And then we saw him basically limping the last game of the season. So um, it's not for us a concern. The World Cup is not. But, you know, if this injury to the right leg that he has continues to linger, then, you know, looking into the 2023 season, it's a little bit difficult. I mean, we gave the guy a mural before he ever laced up his boots. So to say that we put pressure on him is, I guess it would be an understatement. Eric, OSG, what about you, man? How yeah. do you feel about Hector? Yeah, man, I, I think y'all all hit, all, hit all the points. And, and we just, I don't know, man. He just came in to, to kind of help us out, see if we can make a run. And then once that run was killed, he's, I'm going to go sit in my hotel room or wherever the hell he's staying right now and, and that, that injury better not be lingering for next season, but he'll be judged. He'll be judged next season wholeheartedly, of course, depending on how our offseason goes and, and getting the people around him. Uh, but, yeah, I was a little disappointed because we expected more from him. We expected we expected too much, like like, like y'all said. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just I hope the injury is not an injury bug thing where he's going to be hurt all the time because he's an important piece for us. I do believe he still has an incredibly a lot – a lot of talent to give us and he's bringing the fans waking some dynamo people back up well or maybe not some dynamo people but some fans alone so uh, i i will i will stand part till next season and then judge him hard yeah you know you say i don't know man i was going to tell a story this sh- i had something crazy happen the other night y'all want to oh, hear it let's hear it it's not a show without your stories. All right. I'm going to give you one. This is real. This fucking happened. And I, I've i asked a couple people, like people I trust, has this ever happened or have you heard of this? And they said no. So the girlfriend and I, we're back together, right? Yay. Um, he doesn't. I, my, I'm excited, right? So we go out to eat. And we go out. We have dinner. We have I have two beers. She has one. We go back to her house. We share a joint, okay? One joint. We get frisky. And then I distinctly remember laying face down and going to sleep, okay? Now at 12.04 a.m., I come to my senses and I'm already going down on her, okay? 
we got home from the restaurant at 9.15. We were asleep by 10.15, 10.30. At 12.04 a.m., I realize I'm currently eating pussy. And I'm not, I'm not rude. So I finish. I, I do my, my thing. And I get up there and I go, hey, how did this start? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, neither do I. I don't remember who initiated it. I don't remember how I got there. I don't remember any of it. And neither does she. Like I've heard a of glitch. It's what? A glitch in the matrix. He says it's a glitch in the matrix. And I say it's Blake's joint. <laughs> it's what? I, 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 I cut out. What'd you say? Uh, he says it's a, a glitch in the matrix. And I say someone gave you a lace joint. Uh, she rolled it. But that's what I said. I'm like, what's in that weed? She's like, I smoke but it. Was all it the yours time. or was it hers? It was hers. It was hers. Where'd it come well, from? She that, put mushrooms. That answers her question. Dude, look, mushrooms. If, I've never smoked mushrooms. I wonder what that's like. But uh, man, that's like I've I've woke up sleep. I've woke up walking around once, like years ago. But this is like, this is this is weird. I, I really I, hope Dynamo Tiger isn't listening to your podcast. He's gonna be googling what is eating pussy. <laughs> oh God, Dynamo Tiger! <laughs> Do not listen to this show, child. Do not. He listens. He says he does. Dude, this is not right. It's not for you. You got to be 16. 16 at least. At least. So, hey, somebody brought up the topic of dose players. Like, which dose player should we look at bringing up into the squad? And I think I've been pretty clear on this. If we want to be a playoff team, we have dose players right now that couldn't break into a 13th place team. So, to me, I don't think any of those players, they deserve a look. But realistically, I don't think any of them step up. And I've also seen, well, this is the next one, but the guitar rumors. But I don't feel like there's anybody in the dose system who next season, maybe Palomino, maybe could help us. Eric, what about you? What do you think? Are there anybody, is there anybody down there? The, 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 the only name that, that really kind of stands out to me, he, he did, he, and he was given an opportunity during the season and just, you just see the potential of what he could do is, is Mikel Del Silva. And I, I would be excited to see him come in and push for Parker's position. That's my dose guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rudy, what about you, man? Anybody in dose that you're in love with? Yeah, I'm actually going to say the same thing as uh, OSG, man. Um, I think Michael De Silva is a player that is interesting. You know, it'd be cheap on our salary. And I think he's a, I mean, he's definitely physically built to be, you know, in this physical league. So I would be excited to see him. And obviously there's, you know, other guys like maybe Juan Castillo, Brooklyn Reigns, but I still think that, you know, we they need a little bit of time to to try to fit in into the MLS level. Is De Silva left footed? Does anybody know? Joey? No clue. Ooh, that's, I think he's I right. I think he's right footed. Uh, and, okay. and, he, and he's and he's kind of tall and lengthy too. He's just not crazy he's a like a boy. Navy. He's like a tank. I mean, he's 22 years old. You know, he's still a young guy, so it'd be interesting to see. I'd like to see him, even though Parker hasn't done shit with his head. Him and Parker on corners late in the game, as big as they are. Uh, but Joey, what about you, man? Is there anybody down there in the dose that you want to bring up? There's a few. I think I think we really need to start using the youth program to get players in because. 
There's a lot of teams in this league that use those young players as depth pieces. And when you have those cheap young depth pieces, you could spend so much more money on the top end players in your team. So I think it's really important. So the guys I really want to see, I want to see Reigns come in and try to compete for that for a backup midfield spot. I really think he is the most talented player there. I think he could do it. I'd say bring in a big, good veteran for the six and have Reigns kind of sprinkle in minutes throughout the season. And I think Juarez and LaFleur could battle it out for a backup left box spot. His junk was not that great, and he was able to put in some good minutes, so might as well try to give someone else a chance. And then Mikel and Maples, I think, could definitely battle out for that fourth center back spot because it doesn't look like Starrs is coming back. Save some money. Don't bring in another center back. Let these two guys battle it out. And then we have Bartlow, Mikel slash Maples, Teenage, and Parker. And I think that's a solid enough center back core. Is is Junkwa that good or is MLS just that bad that Sam Junkwa is now like a guy that we all consider, I think for the most part, to be a serviceable squad player? I think MLS is just the the level of backup, to, especially fullbacks, just isn't that high. Okay. Colin, what about you, man? Any any young kids you like? Um, that needs to be phrased. Uh, I think Joey Stets had a couple good points. Lafleur Le, and Juarez are, are our two guys I had in mind whenever this question came up because our fullback like depth sucks. Our fullbacks just are not really above average. You know, on their best day, they're average, and maybe you could make a case for maybe above average on their best day, but most of the time they're subpar. So I would not mind bringing up LaFleur or Juarez. And, and even, I can't remember his name. He's a tall guy, plays right back, scored the goal in the playoff game. Yes, him. I would not mind seeing him. And I'm going to go against on Mikhail, uh, international spot, right? I, I don't think it's worth it for that reason. I think Maples is better anyway. True. true. Uh, it's unfortunate that Maples was injured and could not play in the playoff game. I think maybe things would have gone a bit different with him back there. I'm also going to shout out Xavier Valdez with Steve Clark so old. While I do think he's coming back and starting next season, I think Xavier Valdez should be the backup, especially with seeing what Michael Nelson can do. I mean, come on. You don't want Michael Nelson between the sticks for us on a, on a, on a weekly? You don't want Michael Nelson back there? Five goal not, Mikey? Not after I've seen what happened against Philadelphia Union. No thanks. Five goal and Mikey. His career died that night. Another dose player. Yes. Well, his career got thrashed. Another dose player that really is. Like, it's been on my mind is Marcelo Palomino. He's 22 years old, I think. And he made the bench a couple times this season, but couldn't ever even make a substitute appearance. He made one U.S. Open Cup appearance. And with coaches coming in, like Kenny Bundy, who loved Marcelo Palomino, Tab Ramos, and Nagamora, and Marcelo Palomino still never got a chance. I just think there's something up with him in training. I don't know. I don't think he'll ever pan out. And he's probably the most complete player at Dose right now, except maybe Juan Castilla. And and that kind of leads me to the, my point with Finn. Like, it's kind of like, I mean, if they can't break it to a 13th place team, like, is there really any merit to looking at them? Yeah. You know, Michael Nelson's career went the same way a date with Jeffrey Dahmer goes. It went fucking poorly. And he got picked apart. So we're talking Dose. I saw this thing that... Uh... Well... <laughs> Go ahead, OSG. Yeah, and it would, uh, uh, he mentioned Xavier Valdez. Let's let's make it known that he's on his fourth concussion already, and that's why he missed the past uh, four, five, six weeks of the season. So uh, hopefully he can get that under control 
and for him to even have a chance to be playing for us, because that's something that can be very dangerous and end someone's career in a heartbeat. And I, I think like the Steve Clark signing kind of shows that in MLS, you can go out and get a keeper. You can go find one. I mean, we get rid of Joe Willis and look how well he's done in Nashville. You know, you can find one. There's Tyler Derrick and RGV, in my opinion, could be an MLS keeper. I mean, he shouldn't. Maybe. I don't know. But I think he can get one. But uh, Andre Guitao, it's rumored that he is leaving the Dynamo Academy, him and his brother. And Colin, I think it was you with another Twitter burner that said, uh, like another example of our poor management. Was that you about Guitao? I, I did say that, but I'm sure a lot of other people said that as well. And, I mean, we all saw Guitao in preseason score the goal against Colorado Rapids. We were all high on him. And then we realized he was 15 and then knew he needed time. Like, there are rumors saying that we offered him a contract and he declined, apparently, allegedly. I don't know. Like, right now, he's too young to make impact regardless. But it just shows, like, why wouldn't a great academy player want to play for us? We're We're bad. Like... I, I don't know. I mean, we've our greatest academy product product is Memo Rodriguez, and I think that says a lot. And I'm just gonna pass it on from there. What uh, what academy would you go to if you were Guitao? Because I would go to Philly, or as bad as it sounds, Dallas. But where would you go, Colin? I mean, if I had my my pick, uh, I'd stay in Texas and go to Dallas. I mean, that's probably a top twenty academy in the world. Uh I don't know. We'll see. Joey will look that one up. Rudy, what about you, man? You're you're in the know. You're ITK. Is there any merit to these rumors? Is this real? You know, I haven't heard anything uh, with Guitao yet. I'll, I'll, now that you guys bring that to mind, I'm going to see if I can find anything out. But if that is the case, if Guitao is a, a guy that probably is going to end up moving. And I mean, you really have to think about it, too, right? I mean, they're 15, 16 year old kids, you know, maybe their parents decide to move to a different city altogether. So you're going to find, you know, a different place to play, obviously. Uh, I don't think so, man. I think, I think Andre sits down at the dinner table and he's at the head and his dad has to serve him mashed potatoes. (laughs) I think Andre fucking sits in that house. That kid is, he's going to be a very good player. You know, if he continues to grow correctly, I mean, the guy has a lot of the, uh, physicality and attributes that um, reminds me a lot of like an Albert Deli's, you know, he's just a tall guy, physical, and he, he has speed and a little bit of movement. I think he has a little bit more skill with the ball than, than Albert did, but yeah, that'd be a big blow uh, to the dynamo um, Academy. And then obviously maybe he has to do something with maybe Kenny not coming back. I mean, just throwing it out there. I heard if you say Albert Elise's name three times in a mirror while spinning around, he'll appear and play for the Dynamo again. Eric, what about you, man? Guitao, you know, we talk about him. What, what about Reigns? Like, we're, we're all, if it was Reigns, we'd also be upset. But, like, how do you feel about the situation, Eric? With Reigns or with Gito? Gito, it, I don't know, man. I worded that be, really wrong. Yeah, well, it, Gito, I, like I, you said, he, he sits at the head of the table, but I've, I've seen it a couple of times where it's his parents, his parents, his parents, his, his parents told him, don't, don't sign this, don't do this, don't, you know, and now he, he's possibly supposedly looking overseas at, at maybe one of those academies or just trying to get, get something different. And who, who knows, but his parents are def, definitely involved in I'm sure they're feeling pressure and I don't remember where he came from, but man, 
it's uh, unfortunate we got a beer that we can't hold on to. But uh, I think Dynamo did try. They did try to get him to stay. I believe they offered him a contract twice, once for sure. And he just said no. He said no. And now they're gone because what else can you do with him? I don't know. Are they gone? Joey, you're the stat man. Is is, is Andre Biacon Dios? Uh, nothing's confirmed yet. I was hoping you'd say more. I was trying to get the notes ready for the next one. Keep talking, Joe. <laughs> so I mean, with with them, if they if they don't want to play for us, they think they're too good for us, and screw them. Who cares? Let them go. I don't want players who think they're too good for us or just don't want to play for us. If you know if they really wanted to play here, they would. So if they don't want to screw them, get out of here. That's fine with me. Right. Get get out of our club. Fucking leave. Stop bossing your dad around. All right. Next topic. The man I blame for all this. I, I Nagamura, I think, is is 49% to blame. I think 51% of the blame, at least, falls on Mr. Patrick Onstad. And uh, I think he got a free pass simply because of what he did here 15 and 16 years ago. And I don't think that we gave – granted – in hindsight, Nagamura should never been brought back. I don't think. I mean, you look at what Bundy Bundy was all right, but he unlocked something and he played a little different. And we saw what could have been instead of the uh, you know, the, the stubbornness of the four three three. But with Onstad, man, I, I just feel like this year, if we don't make the playoffs and he has more misses than hits, like he did with Tiago, like he did with Zeka, I think he needs to go. I don't I don't I don't see Big Daddy Ted, Big Dick Ted is, is having a long leash for him. What about you, Rudy? What do you think? Yeah, man. Onstad, you know, you wanted to see him succeed right away. Obviously, that didn't happen. But I'm with you, man. It's it's one of those that if he does another, you know, failed attempt of the playoffs and, you know, tells everybody in the beginning of the season that that is the only goal and we're going to meet that goal and then, bam, it doesn't pan out. It's going to be pretty incredible to hopefully see him leave. But this is my issue, too. He's starting to lose confidence on himself, you know, to go in interviews and say, well, if I'm not the guy for the job, then, you know, maybe there's going to be somebody else. It's like, dude, I don't want to hear that from the guy that's supposed to be rebuilding and, you know, bringing back this winning culture. And then... And he came out and said, like, I signed Tiago based off of YouTube videos. What the fuck was that? Don't say that. Tell us and that. even like the the Nagamura hire, I think uh, most of us, obviously, he came out of nowhere, right? We were very surprised when we heard that Nagamura was the coach. However, it did meet everything that uh, Pat Onside was selling us, right? The fact that they were looking for a young guy, somebody that um, had MLS experience, not coaching first co- or, you know, coaching MLS, but just an MLS experience, uh, young and somebody willing to collaborate. We're going to give him time. And then the opposite happened. So is he now going to go back and do the opposite, right? I mean, talked about maybe getting a Tata or a Bill Halter, or just an experienced coach, whoever that is, but it's completely the opposite of what he told us from the very beginning. So he's starting to create doubts for me. And I don't know, man, I don't want it to be another Matt Jordan um, run of seven years. So if things become difficult again, Next season, I hope that we move away quickly. And it looks like, uh, you know, you say Big Daddy Ted. I mean, we know he has the cojones to to make things happen. You know, clearly he 
um, removed Maya Jordan. He got rid of Tab, and he quickly got rid of Nagamura too. So you know, even there's a lot of talk in national media how Nagamura could probably lose his you know last ten games and still be with the Dynamo. I think that's hit uh, Ted, especially his ego. And, you know, he probably didn't want to be the laughing stock. So, you know, he, he'll be easy quickly to pull that trigger if he needs to. Yeah. And, you know, with Ted, the most important shedding was that of Gabriel Brenner and De La Hoya. I think when, when he bought them out and he brought in his guy, his other investor, I think that's going to pay dividends for us. But uh, as far as Onstad goes, we're going to stick to this one. So, Joey. What do you think about Patrick? Uh, it was definitely a rough first year, but I'm not going to sit there and be insanely harsh on him. It was his first year as a GM. I think he had a plan. It didn't work, and he was very transparent in admitting that it didn't work and that he messed up, and that he's going to try to right the ship. I said we give him that chance to right the ship. If he doesn't, say in a year or two, we're still not improving. Got to cut him. But I think for right now, we just got to support him and hope he brings good to the club. We got to be happy clappers for one more year when it comes to Pat. Then we can be uh, sad supporters. You got you can't just go happy clapper, sad supporter. But Colin, you've managed to do that this season. You've managed to show us the good and the bad. So where are you on Pat, man? I know you've been like brutally honest all year when you're when you're pissed. Where are you at on Onstead? Well, I'll just kind of like hit on all y'all's points. Um, I agree that most of the season's failure has to be on Pat. I mean, we know that Nagamura wasn't his first hire. He wasn't his second hire. He wasn't his third choice. He probably even wasn't Pat's fourth choice. But I don't know. I mean, he missed on a lot of players. I mean, you could even say he missed on Ache Ache. I mean, you know, at the time it was a good signing, but he hasn't panned out. He didn't help us make playoffs. We still finished 13th place. He started in six games. We lost five. And I think that I'm with you. I mean, we need a – I mean, guys, we need, like, a a bang off season to even have a chance at playoffs. I mean, so if this is not a slam dunk home run off season, then I don't think we make playoffs. And if we don't make playoffs, I want to see Pat Onstead gone. I'm tired of wasting time. You know, and, like, he hired Nagamura late. Nagamura had very little say in who was signed. And we've, we can talk all day about players. I think we need five to six guys that can play. But before that, I think you need well, to bring problem, in a coach. Go ahead, Colin. The problem is we started signing players before we brought in the coach. And then we brought in the coach like four weeks before the, the first game. And it's like he had like like a few a few weeks to prepare. And, you know, it's not all in Nagamura. I don't think he was a great coach. And I think he was set up for failure, though. I think Patrick set him up for failure. Joey, is that your hand raised? Yes, it is. Well, like a thumbs so, up. Are you, on the, <laughs> are you? What's happening? So on, on that point, Pat has pretty much already said that they're not going to start making big, big decisions until we have a coach and he's going to hire the coach early, which I think is huge. He said he said he's got, if he sees a player that fits, that he knows he wants, he's going to go out and get him, but he's not going to make these massive decisions till we have a coach. I think that's very big and a big step in the right direction from what he did last year. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it should be. If you're going to hire a coach, coach has a system. He needs players to fit that system. But we talk about, we, we, I think we can all agree that the coach needs to come first. So Colin, 
if you're Pat Onstead, you know what? Fuck that. You're Colin. You're in charge of the dynamo. You're looking out there and you realistically, are there any realistic coaches that you're looking at right now? The best realistic coach I'm looking at right now, and this is not far-fetched, and this is probably the best hire we could make is Tata Martino. And everyone knows that that's probably what I was going to say. He's going to be out of contract after the World Cup. Mexico's not been great. I fully expect him to be let go. I fully expect him to be let go from Mexico. I think he'll be up for the taking. And I think that's who we really need to go after. Guys like Caleb Porter, who just got let go of Columbus Crew, would be a good shout. I think, I don't know what uh, Bruce Arena's deal is at New England Revolution. I know they missed the playoffs. I know they want to rebuild. But guys like that, guys that have had success in MLS, aren't the only guys I'm looking for. I don't want to go to Mexico and get, uh, I can't even remember that guy's name that we were going to go after last year that we almost got. But I don't want guys like that that have never coached in MLS. I don't care how good they are. I don't care if it's Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, I'm lying, of course. But we need a guy that has had success in MLS. And guys like – I forget the guys that you always say, uh, Finn, but, like, they're just not realistic options. Like, people are saying uh, – Yeah, Bielsa. Like, two names you always – Like, if anybody, says, if anybody yes, says Bielsa, yes. I'm kicking you off the fucking episode. If anybody in here says it's Bielsa, like, I'm booting you. We're going for, like – realistic options and i think tata martino is the best realistic option we could get see now i feel like a fucking moron because i thought his name was tata martinez and like we talk about bruce arena i couldn't i couldn't deal with bruce arena as my coach because he looks like a fat bill belichick like i look at him and i just see bill belichick after way too many trips to golden corral he's an ugly guy they're both in new england i know do they all look that fucking way up there like do we have joey do they i've never been up there you're supposed to know. Never Remember, been up there. To, you're supposed to lie to us and convince us. Don't know everything. You're supposed to. That's your role. Even if you don't, remember, fake it till you make it. But uh, OSG, what about you, man? Who who are you thinking realistically? Would you like to see here? Well, I've got my name. I made it very clear. But to to retract a little bit for to, for Tata, let's ask this question: Can we get Tata now, or we wait until the end of the World Cup? And if we are waiting till the end of the World Cup, and we we can get him now. What can he do for us now? Because we don't need to wait six weeks for a, a freaking coach. We need a coach now. So can he coach Mexico and, and coach us at the same time if we hire him right now? Or are y'all willing to wait? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but what what kind of club would cut would would fire and can their coach before a major tournament? Aside from Tottenham with Jose Mourinho, I don't. I don't. See, I don't think there's any way he leaves ahead of time. I think. He can verbally be agreed, but I think he's coaching Mexico, man. Like, are you thinking different? No, I'm not, I, I just like I, I posed this out to some other people the other day, and they're like, "Yeah, we can still hire him now, and he'll still be day to day, but you know, he can still do his Mexico thing and get the players that he wants and bring them in." And but I, I just I don't I don't know if that would actually feasibly work for us or or for Pat Onstad at the same time. Yeah. Rudy, are you on the Tata train as well? Where are you at? I mean, Tata obviously has the MLS experience. He understands that the MLS is a good league. You know, he's not afraid to bring in uh, players to the national team that play in the MLS or even Liga MX, which is a good thing, right? Because he being from Argentina, coaching Barcelona, he understands that the league has grown. And with that being said, you know, uh, to OSG, I think, yeah, it'd be kind of pointless to get him right now. I think the self, the focus is just to uh, to uh, finish out the World Cup. And, yeah, he's done. I mean, you know, World Cup 
teams usually just have a four-year uh, plan, right? Um, so with the World Cup finishing, that's pretty much it with him. Um, the guy is almost 70 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So it's an you know, older guy, ton of experience. What, and I think, you know, he, he would be a good fit. It's somebody that I've talked about before we even picked the guy like Nagamura. We just need somebody that already has a system in place that can bring it. And, you know, why not bring somebody like him now? And the other spectrum, you know, another guy that's been tossed around uh, is uh Greg Bell alter, which I feel, I think, and I believe that he should not be a dynamo coach ever uh, because there's just enough su- success with that guy. You know, I don't think he won anything with Columbus. And I feel like even his winning percentage was pretty awful. So um, is there a guy specifically that I'm looking for? I don't know, man. I think it's really tough to come up with just a name um, because again, we were pretty close. Uh, the The name you were thinking of, Colin, was Jaime Lozano. That's the the coach that apparently was pretty close. Which he went to Necaxa, and he's without a job now as well. So there's some guys out there that we had already looked, and they're available. So, um, who knows? Maybe we get surprised and do get like a Bielsa, and we will all be shocked. All right, Rudy's got to get kicked out. Do- Dominic Turin. That's no, I, I, that guy's just a, an old super assistant. I mean, assistant to great players and I mean, to great coaches. So I don't know if that's going to work here, man. Rudy, what's the, uh, what's but we've the name seen of that in, in all kinds of. What's the name of that bald guy that went to Manchester United that got fired? Oh. Chris, Chris Armas. Chris yeah, Armas, Chris, Chris oh, Armas yeah. is the guy that's been, you know, people have talked about uh, just because he does have that. You know, coach Chicago, coach New York. Um, it's a guy that may be out there. And, you know, he, like you said, he does have a little bit of that EPL experience that obviously didn't last as long as he probably would have liked. But still, you know, um, he kind of has been thrown into the new or not in the New York, but the, just the Red Bull um, association of, you know, clubs and you know, it, there's something there, right? I think New York or the Red Bull organization has done a good job of just creating so many clubs, kind of like how the city group has. So, you know, I know that Tarrant guy that OSG mentions, he's from that city group, basically. So it'd be similar. Him and, and Chris Armas, I think, would be right there, man. How about you, Joey? Who do, who do you who do you think should come in and take the reins of this juggernaut of a club? Uh, I really like the idea of Giovanni Savarese. I think he's done a great job with Portland over the last few years. And now they're kind of in that transition period. And no, no more Valeri, no more Blanco after this year. And he's only got one year left on his contract. I feel like they might be wanting to do go into this next phase of the Portland Timbers and maybe move on with a different coach. And there's also all that controversy around Portland right now. So I feel like he might want to get out. He's a coach who's been to two MLS Cup finals. I think he'd be a great fit for us. I agree, got, got I agree on Steve. that a lot. Yeah. Yep. You, want, you want guys from an organization with pedigree. But Rudy, what's the name of the men's coach for the, the USA? Is it Greg Bellhalter? Am I saying it wrong? I think you are. It's Bearhalter. Greg Bearhalter. Is it Bearhalter? Are you saying Bearhalter? Bell? Are you saying Bellhalter? Probably. Bearhalter. 
Yeah. It's not Bur- right. It's not Burhalter. It's Burhalter. Burhalter. I'm okay. the I'm the Hispanic one in the group, man. Who said bear difficulty with German name? People said bear halter. Who said bear halter? Bearhalter and, and that's the same thing. Burhalter, bear halter, same thing. Burr and bear. Burr means cold. Bear is the shit that that's actually a term for a gay man. That's a that's a genre. If you didn't know. Now you do. I did not. I, I did not know. It's a uh, it's a hairy man. It's a hairy gay that, man. They're considered bears. I thought stats <laughs> were for Joey Stats. No, no, this is not a stat. This is a weird fact. And you've got twinks. Twinks are like skinny and smooth. Want me to keep going? Want to learn some shit? You got versatile, which means they top and bottom. Top means they give, bottom means they receive. Colin, you just learned like eight new words. Now you can use them on your friends and they can uh, not know what they mean. I think I'm going to keep that to myself. Dude, it's always good to know things. Always. Good. This show is being recorded, so you learned. Oh, sorry. That's right. <laughs> Dynamo Tiger. No, really if you're listening, Dynamo I'm Tiger. sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I really hope he's not listening. No. He's on Google. What is a bottom? Mommy. Oh my God. All right. So we got listener questions. We got we got a good amount. And the first one that, that I saw was which team in the league is the bar in terms of budget, quality, and ambition, and that came from Chipito. So Rudy. To you, which team in the league is that they're the ones that we want to emulate the most? Yeah, um, I mean, I think the teams that you really want to be is probably Philadelphia Union, right? I think that Houston has a ton of talent that is just seems to go to ways year after year. And you don't want to be an FC Dallas to an extent, right? Because there's just so much. I mean, they haven't really showed us a lot of what's happening in MLS Cup runs. Uh, granted, this year is still being played on, and it really be hurtful if they end up winning something. But, um, yeah, Philadelphia Union is the one you want to thrive to be. You know, obviously, like, we thought we were going in that direction whenever Nagamura got picked up just because you thought kind of Jim Curtin – um, the route, you know, a guy that had no experience, try to give him a little bit of time uh, to just change the culture uh, of the team and the city. And we didn't get that. So what is happening? Not sure. Um, but yeah, you want to shoot to be a Philadelphia Union um, and win s- some stuff. Yeah, I think it was pretty clear that we are not near Philadelphia in terms of anything. When we travel to the city of brotherly love and they beat the fuck out of us. Eric, you're doing the slap emoji. Are you mad at me? What, what is that? You still figuring it out? What's up, man? Is, is that what that was? Uh, yeah, you no, I, I was trying to be the hand. The, it was trying to be the hand clapping because I, I, I agree with Rudy 100%. Billy is the bar from top to bottom, from 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 academy to scouting to their their technical director is a friggin' genius. To uh, they're playing their players. They have just what doing and what they've done in the past five years. I think it was 2017 was. Uh, the last time they were under 50 points and they've had 50 points the past five years. So I was just agreeing with, and that's supposed to be a hand clap is what that was. So yeah. still trying to figure this out as we go along. I'm here for it. I like watching you learn. You and Colin are learning different things. Uh Oh, here we go. Internet connection is unstable. Oh no. Joey, what about you? Who you got is the, uh, the top all right. Dog. So Philly's the obvious answer, but I think there's one club that's getting really close to them 
in terms of a lot of things. And there's something they have that Philly doesn't have, and it's an MLS Cup, and that's New York City FC. I think they've been doing really good with their youth. They just they had they created Reyna, Scally, who both went off to Dortmund and Mucin Gladbach. Then they have Sands. He went off to Rangers now. And now they got, I forget the guy's name, the right back that they have. He's a really good young player. Gray, Gray yes. Tavon Gray. And now they also have all, they bring all these South Americans who are really talented too. Like Tati Castellanos, they sold off. Santi Rodriguez, Talos Magno, Pereira and Tiago now. And this is all great things that are maybe not as good as Philly. But what New York City got with with all this is they got a championship out of it. That Philadelphia is still yet to overcome that hurdle of winning a title. So that's why my answer is going to be New York City. When you say they created Reyna, I just picture like Guardiola and the Man City, you know, that because they're a city group. Then like in a lab, just putting shit together. He's a fucking phenomenal player. Gio Reyna is really good. All right, next question. This one comes from Christopher Scroggins. He does the... uh faithful doesn't he anybody correct yeah dynamo faithful or is that oh, I see i always know. confuse him and chris Snitsky. righteous no, no. Snitsky. Snitsky. scroggins does do dynamo faithful there's like five or six people that does dynamo faithful there's a lot of chris's there's a lot of chris's that follow this team chris righteous is like a, a mainstay on twitter though i see him tweet all the time yeah, he's at renfest today he posted a selfie of him eating a turkey leg and I immediately got hungry. So second question comes from Scroggy. He says, you're forced to keep one. Ugh. Fafa, Baird, or Seren? Who is it and why? OSG, out of that trifecta, that like fucking three musketeers, who would you keep and why? Serendino. So Fafa, uh, we had some hope for him. And this year he, he did absolutely nothing. And then he, and then he pissed. Pissed us off a few times this season with the the fighting the, and the inner fighting and, and just proving that he's only a, a one a one trick pony can only go forward he can't take on a defender can't do nothing so uh, Fafa his ego says he wants to be a starter so I don't see him fitting in with this team no more Baird he costs too much I would love to have that money back to us so we can bring in two more players in his place uh, uh, so if Baird can actually maybe be what he was these past five games and he's a decent return, but it, it'd be me for as Sardino as a, as a backup player straight off the bench, come in the last 20 minutes to be defensive when we need him. And uh, cause you know, right now, who do we have at that CDM? No, nobody there is our choice right now. So bring somebody in and maybe Sardino is our, just our solid backup guy off the bench. I think most people would disagree. I think Joey disagrees. Joey, what's up? I, I know that everybody does. It's okay. <laughs> I don't disagree. I just had something to add. It was Saren. That's interesting. When it comes to games started of all of our midfielders, he has the highest win percentage of all of them. He started 11 games. We won four of them. That's terrible still, but it's just interesting that it's the best of all of our midfielders. That's crazy. It's like, and it's he, terrible, but for us, we're like, hell yeah. We've won four of 11 matches. He started and he's not a bad player. He's 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 aggressive. He's he's, a, he's kind of a bully. He goes out there and fights. He doesn't make the mistakes that Hadebi makes on the field. But you know, he's definitely not one you want to see start every game. But he he does his job, and he's he's uh and he, he doesn't let anything else get in his way. He does what the coach tells him to do, and 
So yeah, that, yeah, Serendino, man. And I don't think he eats his pupusas with a fork. To shout out to the El Salvadorian community, you know, I was at I was at a club one night waiting to go up, and one of the comics says something about a pupusas. He goes, "Anybody here ever eating a pupusa?" And I yelled out, "Only with a fork." And he looked at me, and he goes, "Motherfucker, you know." He goes, "You're in the know. You know that you said that on purpose just to piss me off." I was like, "Absolutely." So, uh, Colin, Colin, who are you keeping out of Fafa, Bear, to Seren? Well, out of that uh, group of three players, um, Fafa is the most talented. Fafa is, is the best. He's uh, came off the MVP season, and uh, he has like the third most goals on the team. Maybe I mean I don't know exactly. I think he scored seven. I think he, maybe I don't know. He has a handful of assists, but he's not the player I'm going to keep. His attitude sucks. He wants to be paid a lot. He wants to be the most important player on the team, and worst of all, he wants to be a starter. And I think that's going to be the same problem with Baird. I think he's going to want to be a starter and I think he's going to want to have a high contract. And those are two things I cannot give you if you're uh, shit. And uh, I mean, they're all low, low tier players, no matter what. I mean, Baird, Fafa and Seren are all low tier players, but I would uh, keep Seren because he understands his role very well. And I think he does his role very good. He's a yellow card magnet, but he's meant to be the destroyer. He's meant to go and make, you know, disrupt plays, get into tough tackles, be in every defensive situation. You like you want to see a lot of him whenever he's on the field because that's his role. That's what he is on the field to do is just be a disturbance, be a disruptance. And I think Seren is actually pretty good at that. And I know we all hate on Seren, you know, his on-the-ball skill sucks, but coming off the bench to close out a win, he does pretty well. I think he does about as good as you can ask as a player that, that plays that role. That, you know, a bench player. Is your house next to the local Humane Society? The dogs are barking. Are yes. you? Are you? Are somebody's, you in, try, somebody's trying to break in. Are you in PetSmart? Like, they, they are, and they're holding an adoption drive or something. What's going on? Throw some Benadryl in their water and let's get it almost, over with. It's almost as bad as uh, Rudy. What's your brother's name? Rodrigo. Astro and the squeaky toy. Rudy, your brother's name Rodrigo, right? Always on the podcast with his dogs. Barking. Yeah, Rodrigo's dog Astro always goes at it. It's freaking hilarious, man. Well, next question from Sam. I think we answered this, but he wait, asked wait, 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 wait. Did I skip? Did I skip, Rudy? Yeah, I just wanted to say something real oh. quick. Yeah, I'm keeping Sedan as well. And supposed to raise your hand. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm not just going to add. You know what? You missed. You missed the instructions because you were late. I apologize. I apologize. But um, no, I'm just going to say, yeah, I would keep Seren as well, because come on, dude, Seren, everybody goes out there. Every Salvadorian that can goes and gets, uh, you know, tries to get a picture and autograph with Seren. Nobody's out there to go see Corey Berry, if we're being honest. You know, there was a kid walking down the hallway at my school and he was wearing an El Salvador jersey. And I looked at him and I said, Darwin Seren. And he said, that's my favorite player. I think for the money. And what he brings, I, I would have to agree. But Fafa's got to go. I think he's a uh, he's worn out as welcome. So Sam Juarez, well, that, go ahead, Colin. That little fight that he did with Darwin Quintero and Sebes uh, at home. I don't remember exactly what game it was, but that little fight really pissed me off. And I there was, was like, two separate ones, you know wasn't what? there? Wasn't there? Twice? Was, he I started don't, shit over. I don't know about that. One was. I don't know about that. If there was a, the second one, I but. Thought. The the point is that that pissed me off, and I was like, you know what, bro, I'm done with you. Like that, I'm done. 
It was a Nashville game where the Sebas ended up missing the PK. They fought for it. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought there was there was something earlier in the year too. Him and DQ on DQ's birthday. Well, and even even the body language on this last game was hilarious. Sebas missed the one versus uh, New England Revolution. But he made the one versus Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, that'd be correct. Of course. So Sam writes in. Sam says he he expresses his delight that we're all together. And then he says, what do you think overall of the signing of HH? Hopeful they're disappointed. And I think we've covered this, but we didn't really look at it in terms of are we hopeful? Could there be a future? Or are we just disappointed? So, Rudy, where are you at with Ache Ache? Are you hopeful that he can be the man we think? Or are you disappointed in what you've seen so far? No, I'm definitely hopeful. And, you know, not trying to be biased being a, from Mexico and being a Mexico uh, follower. But I think uh, overall, if we can build around him, you know, bring some better pieces like we kind of expected. Because... At the end of the day, the signing of Achacha was massive. You know, we had like three months or four months for him to get here once we knew that he was being signed. But we were all kind of we knew, you know, the people that watch soccer and know of his abilities. We knew this guy was not a 10 goal or five goal player. He's a guy that it's there to support the uh, the attacking pieces, especially. And we didn't see any of that. You know, Quinones was a nice ad. But it's a young guy. So now can we build around him? But I am definitely hopeful, you know, we'll, we'll win a championship in next, this year or the year after that with him in it. I'm not sure. But I think we can definitely change the ties around for sure in Houston. What about you, Colin? Are you glass half full or glass half empty on Hector? I'm glass uh, 100% full on uh, Hector. I think, like Rudy said, that was a great signing. And even though he hasn't really lived up to his potential, we obviously know what type of player he was, you know, starting in the Champions League against Manchester United for Atletico Madrid. I mean, you can't be, a you know, a, a bad player and, and do that. And I believe they won the series of two, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, like he's not going to be scoring five goals even uh, in MLS, but he's there to support the team. And I think if we build the right pieces around him that can actually score the goals, he'll look a lot better. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to say, but I forgot, so I will pass it on. I think it, I think that we had, like Joey said earlier, too small of a sample size, and you have his focus is on the World Cup. Once we're his focus, which we will be once Mexico goes out in the group stage, sorry, Rudy, once we're his focus, I think then we can really fairly judge him. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but being a Houston fan, I'm so just fucking watch it blow up in our face, you know, like. There's always that lingering, lingering piece of doubt. But we know Hache Hache needs help. And uh, the next question is, who is a player the Dynamo should be looking to sign? And it comes in from Mark. So OSG, realistically, I'll be like Ronaldo. Who do you Realist- think? Realist? Morris. Uh, the winger, Morris. Uh, the national team player. I don't know what kind of contract he'd be expecting from us, but. I'm sure that there's a way that we can make it work, uh, but uh, kind of would, would love to just see him come in. He, he performs. He, he he'll be he'll he'll be a uh, help take some some defense defensive players off of Sebastian Padilla right there in the middle. He'll he'll get those crosses in. He attacks the defender. I I'd, I'd totally would be okay with Jordan Morris. Totally. Yeah, he's a pacey guy, man. Uh, who picked him up? Was it where does he play? Seattle. 
Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. He's I've always he's he's a good looking guy. I mean, see, when people ask these questions, I just look like there's an entire world of players. So I, I can't ever really give an answer. You know, I think whoever we sign, they need to be able to and he's even said it, like we don't need a creator, but we definitely look look to sign a winger. Uh so I forgot where I was. God damn it. Here we go. Poopus. Poopus? Poopus? Poopus says. What's the minimum requirement to be considered a successful season next year? Uh, for me, it's always playoffs at minimum. Rudy, what about you? For me, for me, uh, no, nah, for me is definitely just uh, try to win 90% of your home games, man. I think that's a success. You can't be letting other teams come in in the middle of summer and beating you. You know, Charlotte MC coming to Houston to PNC and getting points, all three points, it's it's pretty freaking disappointing. So for me, successful season would be to try to win 95%, 90-95% of your home games next season. Make this place a fortress. Colin, what do you got? I just want to add a little bit on that. Um, if we don't make the playoffs, there's one way I can maybe look back on the season and not think it was a total failure for next season. And that's if we go into the last game of the season with the fate into our hands, let's say the context is an away game at Nashville and we win, we're in, but we lose, you know, if we make it to the last game of the season with the fate still up to us and we end up unfortunately not making the playoffs, I can, I can accept that and move on, I suppose. But that's a, you know, that's a 50, 50 chance that I can accept it. I playoffs are Colin, Colin, we know you won't accept that. I'm trying to be a little bit positive here, like a little bit optimistic. That was my bar for this year. Like this year to me was, I want the last game to matter. And now like, because of that, because it's Onstad, now I'm at the point where we need to be in the playoffs, but let me pose a question to you guys. If we make a deep run, you know, fuck that. We win the open cup, but we finish ninth. Would you take that? Joey, would you take it? Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Trophies are trophies. OSG? 100. Colin. Nah. I mean, it's a trophy. I, it yeah, is. Yeah, you, like, you make it to the uh, Champions League, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, but yep. then we would just get creamed in the Champions League. We would fucking dominate. Like we I, always I'm going to say, like, I, I can't, like, shit on the Dynamo for winning a trophy and not making the playoffs, but it's kind of like you look at Seattle Sounders and, like, they won the Champions League and they missed the playoffs and they were like calling for a full rebuild. Like it's, I don't know. There's, there's levels to it. You know, there's levels to it. We're like one of the most feared teams in Guatemala. They know that when they come up against the mighty dynamo, they're going fucking home. They're going back there. Great coffee though. So uh, this off season positions, what positions do the dynamo need to improve for the draft? Off-season and draft. This comes from John, John, John Trong, who I've never seen his name before, so I guess he's new. Colin, what do you think, man? What positions do we need to improve? So, obviously, the biggest one, number one, is winger. We need, a, like, a Johnny Russell-type player. You know, a, a Jordan Morris-type player. I love that. that. That was a good shout, OSG. I think we need a player like that. And then number two, I think we need to upgrade a fullback position. I think we can only... Uh, afford to start one of Lundy or Griffin Dorsey. And I think the other has to go. I mean, 
Yeah, Lundy had, you know, the most assists on the team with five this season, but no team in MLS is going to make the playoffs will have a player that has five assists be the most on the team. And uh, so winger, fullback position, and obviously I think we need to go get a 10, but I know that's not the way that we're going to play, so I'll switch that and I'll say we need to get a six. And if we get a winger, a six, and another fullback, then – you know, upgrade the depth around, then maybe there's a chance. But, you know, the right answer is just we need positional upgrades everywhere, really. So I'm really looking for the wingers. That's obviously the number one priority. But I think the second just has to be a six. Has to be a six. Because everyone wants a 10. But tell me, how are we going to play with a 10? Say it's a 4-2-3-1, for example. In HH in Coco in that double pivot, who's going to defend there? It's it's just never going to work. Hector Herrera he could defend, but why are we spending all this money on a two way player to make him play a big defensive role? So we got to just get a six and let Coco and HH be a little more attacking. That's what we need to do. And then with the fullbacks, I really disagree with that. I really like Lundy. I really like Dorsey. I think Dorsey's cheap. He could be good for a long time for us. I think Lundy was probably up there with our best player with Coco this last season. Him, Coco, and Clark for me. And I think if we could try to get him on a cheaper contract, that'd be great. But I think we should definitely keep him around. Go, Rudy. I didn't, I didn't hear you call my name. I'm sorry. I know. I um, typed it in the chat. Oh, you missed that part of the instructions. Uh, sorry, that's, man. That's, that's I, I can't read sometimes. <laughs> Why, uh, no, no, no. I'm just going to – I'm honestly – basically what uh, Joey just said. You know, I definitely winger is something that we've been calling for the last two seasons, basically. But if you're going to have Coco and um, Acha Acha play as your age, you need a, a destroyer number six, man. Somebody like a – you know, Sergio Busquets, some, uh, a, you know, a physical specimen. Uh, I know we had a player that we thought was going to be it, which was Derek Jones, and it just didn't pan out. You know, a guy that is 6'4", that can play that position, just kind of push people around, a men among ki- children, basically. Something like that would be amazing to have. Um, They can do well just, you know, by themselves, just uh, ending – attacking plays and counters and stuff like that. And then I was going to say the winger, you know, you talked about the previous question actually defined like what player may we be looking to, but somebody that was pretty close of signing for the dynamo apparently in the off season or sorry, mid season was Diego uh, Linus. So like a player like that, a winger that maybe can come in. It looks like he's out of favor with Braga as well, where he joined on a loan. Um, maybe we can get Achi Achi to get a player like that. And, being a big Chivas fan, there's a really good winger slash uh, attacking piece uh, named Alexis Vega. He most likely would play in the World Cup as well. So obviously his stock is going to rise. But a player like that, uh, man, that would be like changing the dynamo pretty dang quickly. So like number one, obviously winger. Number two, I think, is the six. And I think we need to go for like a Regista type six, like a Tyler Adams or Edson Alvarez or like even Victor Wanyama type six, someone that can really distribute at the back. And 
Yeah. I mean, because we have no creativity in that midfield. I mean, Coco is just not a 10, and that's how kind of we want him to play. And there's just not a lot of creativity. And I think maybe we need a deep-lying six that can provide that creativity, like a Regista. I'm over here trying to type. Joey, what you got, man? So he says we need that Regista. I actually really agree with that, too. And you said a Tyler Adams type. That's exactly what I see Brooklyn Reigns being. I think he could easily be that kind of player. That's why I just I really want to see him get minutes this year. I think it'd be huge, huge, huge to get him on the field with Herrera at the same time. That'd be massive, and it needs to happen because Reigns could be that guy you're talking about, Colin. What is a regista? You guys are using football manager terms, and I don't read the descriptions. So I just go off what it's, they're supposed to be. It's like a deep lying uh, DM that can play out the back, that can like ping long passes. Like a deep lying really playmaker? Good. Yes. A deep With the support playmaker. function? With a support function, Joey? They like, like stay on the someone, defense. Yeah, they're usually someone that can operate alone, really. Like they don't need a lot of support. I operated and kind alone of, earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, halftime of the Tottenham game. I needed something to do. I was like, you know what? I was getting turned At least still won. We did. 2-0. It was great. It's nice to win again. It's so right. So, what's, who asked this next question? God damn it. I lost, I lost the train of thought because somebody posted a new question. Next question is, uh, the rebuild has been going on for years. My we, bad. That's all right. That's not your fault. It's the other guy that posted late. It's uh, Rab. Rab says the rebuild's been going on for years. There's never been a plan B. Do you think it will change? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we have an owner who has invested millions of dollars into this club. And just in terms of players, then you look at what he's done at the stadium, which even though people bitch about it, it's an upgrade to the fan experience. You look at what he's done with renaming the stadium. You look at what he's done with FUBU. You have an owner who just whipped his cock out and said, we are here now. We are not your bitch anymore. There is a plan. And I think it's shown with the involvement from the players back in the community, the involvement from old players back with the club. And I think right now this is the change. And I think we're going to, we're going to know if it's real because if Onstad fails and he's gone, it's real. If Onstad fails and he stays, it's not Joey, what you got? I think it's interesting that he says we've had a rebuild going on for years. I actually like really disagree with that. I think it's been like multiple different rebuilds just restarting after every few years. And like we had the 2015, the 2016 rebuild, like Maidana and Kubo, that didn't work. And the 2017 rebuild with the Elise and Kyoto and all them, that was really successful. I mean, we got we got a Western Conference final and an open cup out of it. And then we had the 2020 rebuild with Tab which kind of also carried into the Nagamura rebuild. It wasn't its own rebuild, really. And I think now is the start of another rebuild because now we're finally able to get rid of all those players that we weren't able to do coming into this season. So I think I think this rebuild is going to be the one that we find success with. I have, I have faith in it. I just want to add something about Ted Siegel because he's the savior of this club. He will bring us back to greatness maybe uh hopefully sooner rather than later but i just want to add one little tidbit on uh the stadium renovations that some people may not be aware of i'm not exactly sure what he renovated but all i know is that he spent like around eight million dollars on renovations to the stadium and that i can't even think of how like 
Gabriel Brunner has spent $8 million. I I don't know. Like, I'm sure maybe he did in all of his time, but that has to be close to uh, allotting it. And uh, at that, uh, I will have to actually jump off the podcast, guys. I have work, and it's been a pleasure to uh, talk Dynamo with y'all. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and hop off. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for showing up. Don't work too hard. Yeah. Y'all take care, guys. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. You as well, man. Take care, man. I'm I'm surprised nobody said that's what she said, but it is what it is. <laughs> what you got, Rudy? Hey, just to add about the rebuild. Um, what's it called? The is it really consider rebuild when we really didn't have anything structure wise to begin with? Because that's kind of what I feel. You know, it's been a lot of talk about academy and an academy system that we never really had and i feel that maybe as of late it's kind of been better but we're not there yet you know if you're looking at the overall structure of the team however you know with with the new owner that is willing to spend and to actually be willing to uh you know um invest and and not just the dynamo but the dash it's pretty incredible and you know seeing modifications being made to the stadium um, I'm, I'm expecting it to be beautiful next season. Maybe that brings more people over, you know, play uh, people and fans like us that follow the team. And I wouldn't say diehard. I'm sure there's definitely people out there literally uh, ready to fight and to fight people, you know, over the Dynamo. Uh, but it is intriguing that we are actually in a phase that um, the a hard restart needed to happen which i believe was last season and now we need to start putting pieces together as you know we're able to clean out the the roster a little bit so the rebuild just started what 14 months ago when daddy ted or big tv came in and they i refuse to say that i heard twice in this episode earlier he he didn't do anything to improve the club or try to make the club better. So once he was gone, that's when the rebuild started. And every, everything y'all said, Daddy Ted, is, is he's, bringing, he, he's an investor. And he knows what he's doing when he invests in something. And he, he wouldn't invest in something if he didn't believe he could make money. And that's here what he's, that is what he's here to do, is to make money. He's going to bring this club back up. And he's going to make even more money. That's why he brought his closest partner back in with him and bought those other two out. I wish he would have brought thought James Harden out. Don't know why we didn't. What's he holding on to? But man, uh, this is the rebuild. This is the rebuild. And, and Plan B will be if Pat can't figure it out, then Plan B will be a new general manager. You know, something to think about. We all know that Gabriel Brenner had zero fucking interest in winning here. At least it appears to be that way. And in spite of that, for as much shit as we talk about Matt, he took us to the Western Conference Finals, got Elise Minotis Kyoto, who you can't argue they were arguably three of our best offensive players, and he got a Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. So I think, depending on how he's doing in Walsall right now, he maybe he is worth the shit, but I, I don't know. Uh, question came in during the show. Mike Maselli says, what are your expectations? That's a long one. It's super long. So we're going to go one at a time. Jesus. Keep, we did. Keep, keep it. Let's just keep it yeah. short. And ask, ask the last dash, question. the dash. Yeah. That's the one I'm leaning yes. towards. So yeah. he says, when the dash win the league and Bombi wins play MVP. Ooh. Uh, do you think it'll boost the organization as a whole? 
Absolutely. Isn't there what is it, 17,000 tickets were sold for this? Like, where's that support been all year, at, the rest of the fucking time? We're over 18 now. Like, that kills me, man. So when I saw that, I didn't post this on Twitter. I'm going to say it here because I have more followers than listeners. Uh, how fucking fair weather are we? Like, you got two, 3,000 people showing up for regular season matches for the Dash. Now that they get in the playoffs, now it's like, well, now we're going to show up. Like, to me, that's, it fucking makes me mad. Because if you supported those girls like that, even if half of them supported those ladies like that all year long, this wouldn't be our first playoff appearance. And I, I apply that logic to the men's side. We are, you look when Ache Ache came out, full stadium. LAFC, full stadium. Everything else, right? Half full. Half full. Who? Uh, and and who, in a little bit of the dash, Dash's defense, sorry. In a little bit of the Dash's defense uh, with we know Ted Siegel owns the Dash as well. Uh, the fans did show up for the opening day, and they I thought they set a, a season record uh, or this season record. And then people have been showing up for the most part, 7,000 fans, 6,000 fans a game, uh, 8,100 8, to that win. Now I'll be 18, of course. We don't have the Dynamo playing around, but you know uh, the, the, the Dynamo and the Dash are twined together, and I think people are starting to understand the dash are actually somebody that are important that we do need to follow. And they're like, Hey, I, I, I like what's going on over here. And it's just, so yeah, you're right. Probably some fair weathers, but hopefully everybody sticks around and then the dash do what they're supposed to do and continue to continue to be as strong as they are. I, I learned about the fair weather situation here during the, uh, the Western conference run because I went to every playoff game at BBVA when it was there and we didn't sell that shit out until Seattle. We didn't sell it out until that game. And that was the year Harvey, you know? So if we could just support the club on a more consistent basis, we would create more revenue and we'd be able to do more things. The things that everybody wants. Rudy, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. I know just going to add, I mean, you guys mentioned about sellouts and just take this season, for example, I think the, uh, the front office to an extent has done a pretty good job marketing a lot of the games. You know, obviously we know how much they used Acha to their favor once he was signed. Like you mentioned, he had a mural made. He had, you know, people uh, waiting for him at the uh, airport. You know, all this great stuff to kind of link the uh, community to the team. Uh, and then when the stadium was full, we laid massive eggs. You know, we literally just seemed to crap our pants, you know. The match before Achiaches, I believe it was right before he started playing, was that Charlotte game, and it was a packed house already, and he was just kind of in the stance, and you know because it was so full, they made him kind of walk in the middle of the field and be introduced and all this stuff, and then they just find ways to lose when there's like a home crowd, and as they go to the game, whether it be 500 people in the stadium or 20,000 people in the stadium, we're kind of so disappointed that they can't pull a result when, you know, all these new fans are here and they don't get it done. And that's, you know, not me being negative Nancy, right. But um, that's why I think we're all hoping that a pull a win on Sunday for that aspect. If there's going to be 20,000 people or 18,000 fans in the stadium, um, it should be incredible night. And, you know, if we're going to go there and see the dash lose, it's going to be heartbreaking, you know, at least get that one win. Uh, and then maybe, maybe, you know, if the season ends, 
the next week, who cares? But at least you were able to show that the playoffs are a big deal uh, and, and that we are a soccer city. I just found out my son scored today. He's a he's a true six, but he's a, he's a deep line playmaker. He scored off a PK. <clears throat> I wonder why he got to take the PK. Uh, yeah, man. I just we have shit to bed when it when there's been opportunities to really bring in new fans. The only time that I can remember us doing it, FC Dallas this year when Achiache debuted, that was and it was a draw. It wasn't even a win. And it was a game we should have won. But uh, I was asked a question. This is we're getting to the end. I was asked a question by Rudy on Twitter. Rudy, remember what you asked me in a message? I don't remember. What did I ask you? You said, will this be the last episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it will not be the last episode. But the way it's been the last two months with everything else going on, I, do th- I don't think that there's going to be like a growth in the show. I think the show is going to kind of become a... Uh, Oh, oh, how do I say this? Second place to the uh, the other the stand up stuff that's going on. So I, I think I've uh, I spoke before about starting a Patreon and doing all this stuff, but that's probably not happening. I would imagine next season that these shows come a little uh, fewer and far between. But we are sticking around. I, w- I will be sticking around, and Joey's got his own logo now, which is fucking dope. Joey, I might add your name to the show. I might be with Finister and Joey Stats. All right, let's do it. Uh, shout out to Mark for making that logo. It looks great. Yeah, I like it. Santeo. I was wondering when you were going to ask Joey to hop in with you, man. Come on, we'll been waiting. Well, I didn't want to do it in private. You know me. I like doing things where other people can watch. Because <laughs> I'm a true. showman. I'm a showman. I like to entertain whether it's clothed or unclothed. Anything for the clicks, isn't it? Not anything. Hey. Not anything. I mean, I've been, I've been good on Twitter. I have behaved myself. I have been so good. I don't think I've gotten like negative feedback in a minute, but we haven't played Austin in a while. So speaking of Aston, man, I, I got called out for being better friends with you than my friend here. <laughs> well, you, that's how it should be. We also, I noticed we, uh, we have a convert. I saw this guy in the La Hinchada that, uh, fuck it. He was a Dallas fan. Oh Yeah. That guy hates Arrow. me. Yeah. That guy does not like me. He went back when he was rooting for who? Where did he come from? Was it Austin or Dallas? I think it was Dallas, Dallas. wasn't it? The Dallas. Yeah, it's Dallas. When I wrote one of those zingers about Dallas, I don't know which one. Him and I, uh, we had some we 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 had some keyboard sparring going on. But uh, man, that I don't know how people do that. I like I can't change teams. I've never not sexually like. Sports wise, I've never been able to change teams. Like, have y'all has that ever occurred with y'all? No. Nope. I refuse to change teams. Win, we'll lose, go. or draw. Right. Rudy, are you loyal? Yeah, I'm I'm loyal. I've never changed teams either. And I think especially in the, you know, that we make fun of our our guy Manny because he has like a thousand favorite teams and a bunch of them are in the same league. And I'm like, there's no passion there then, you know, I feel like you have to be able to like, Oh, as you said, you know, you win, you lose, you draw. Like it's just a part of that DNA that makes you a fan, a better fan or a suffering fan or whatever kind of fan you are, but you stick to one team. Happy clapper. 
yeah, my son was saying, he was telling me about his friend that he made. And he's like, yeah, he likes Lester and Brentford. I was like, that's not possible. You, you can't like two teams in the same league. You can't really like two teams in the same league. There's only one. You know, it is if you don't have it, you don't, you don't get that passion. You don't have that tie to it. Boys, does anybody have anything they would like to add before we wrap this shit up? Dash have 18,000 tickets sold. There's 2,000 left. If you hear this show before that game starts, buy your ticket and be at the game. Whether just be at the game, root team on, root those girls on, so we can go to Seattle. We'll continue on with that streak. That's all I got to say. Dash the fuck on. Anybody else? No. And Finn, thank you for having us all together. Bro. Oh Appreciate man, no it. problem. This thank you guys. Great show. Yo, thank y'all for coming. It's it's this this is always like uh, stressful to try and line everybody up and get a time that works. But you know, two years last year, I think we had six or seven. This year, we got five. Like, thank you for coming. Like, it's it, it's cool, man. And like, I know, like you guys, me, we all. Be, this is for you guys that listen. Like, we could be doing a lot of other shit, but we do this because we like it and we like uh, attention. I guess we like that you like us. This is free therapy session as well. So, oh, you know. so it is. If we could have gotten Sean on, we could have uh, we could have really delved in and unpacked some things because Sean. Sean likes to dig into the psyche. Thanks to open that shit up. But boys and girls, this has been the uh, 2022. What season is this? 22, 23? 2022. They don't do like a hyphenated season like the NFL and shit? Oh, man, it's all in one no. year. Yeah, it's all, all right. one year. And I hope I didn't name the pod wrong last year. Well, that's This is the end of the uh, 2022 end of year wrap up, a.k.a. the Super Pod. Uh, thank you, Rudy, for coming. Thank you, OSG, for coming. Thank you, Joey. And even though you're not here, you are currently on your way to work. Colin, thank you for coming. I am Finn, and it will be a while before you hear from me again. But until then, as always, go Dynamo. Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.